Matt Lautner coming to you live on a Friday night. And this evening, we are joined by several legends of the industry, including Kurt Sturwalt, my uncle Wayne Lautner, uh, Ricky Vogel from Hereford, Texas, and also Lance Messerly from Webster City, Iowa. We're going to be telling the 1980-81 uh, story of a, of a little steer called JR that uh, won three state fairs in the summer and fall of of uh, 1981, 40-some years ago. Uh, Kurt, say a little something to the audience just so they know your voice, and then we'll have the other two as well, and we'll kind of get started from there. Well, thank you, Matt. Yeah, this is Kurt Sherwell. Privilege to be on here, uh, especially with um, colleagues that I've got on here. Like I said, I, I can honestly say I haven't. Matt sent out a number that maybe we could visit before, but I was like, you know, I don't even want to ruin it, so I'm, I'm just going to wait for the visiting for the podcast, I guess. So JR is kind of one of them that I mean, you look at the pictures, and definitely times have changed, but um, I guess I don't look at that steer like that because I kind of think about how he changed my, actually how he directed my journey through what I pursued. And so uh, I actually probably appreciate him more now maybe than I did at the at the time even yet because I was just a kid trying to give a cow a haircut. Kurt, in 1981, how many years young were you? Early 20s, just a young chap. From my own knowledge, were you a student at Iowa State, or where did you go to college, if any? Yep, yep, yep. I attended Iowa State. And then bringing it towards the modern day, when did you meet Julie approximately what year? Julie Sturwalt. Oh, that would have been uh, like 83, somewhere in there, a few years after that. So. And uh, yeah. the next guest is uh, Lance Messerly, who him and his dad picked out the steers <coughs> they are from my Uncle Wayne's pasture. Would have been yeah. in the summer of 1980, I believe. Introduce yourself, Lance. Yeah, Jay. That made a huge influence in my life as well. He gave me a lot of different great opportunities, as well as, you know, along with these other great people sitting here. How did you find my Uncle Wayne or the steer? Webster City is about 40 or 50 miles from Jefferson. Uh, how would you have located them? Did Kirk help you find them, or how did that transpire? I can answer can... that question. Well, and it all started the year before. We had a steer that you bought from Craig Shilder. That was the steer before JR, and he won the Beef Expo. So then they contacted me. I had been kind of doing some work for, for Wayne and Phil on the side because I was going to Iowa State. I think with that steer the first year, I think the circles became familiar. And then, so then everybody got, you know, Lockers met Messerly's, and I mean, I was kind of helping both, and then Wayne had this steer, an opportunity for them to to acquire this steer, and I think that's, I think the first year paved the way for JR, is the way I remember it. But And then uh, later on in the conversation, we're going to have uh, Ricky Vogel from Hereford, Texas, jump on. He's representing the Vogel family that ended up purchasing the Messerly uh, family Dear JR, in June of 1981, uh, introduce yourself and what your current occupation is and uh, your extended family. There was a lot of chatter on Facebook amongst the, the Vogel family, it looked like. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very active on Facebook, but I think a lot of my family is. But yeah, uh, Ricky Vogel, Herford, Texas. Uh, I, like Lance, I was only 12 years old when all this took place. So uh, I was pretty young and, and I had to go back and talk to my dad a little bit and my older brother and kind of remember some of the story but you know the, the legend of jr grew pretty quick after that beef expo win with the magazines you could follow anything and that steer went on at once so much uh you know he kind of started following him. you told me earlier today that either you or your papa and another brother went to uh the iowa beef expo just to check it all out and got your eyes on him yep. for the very first time there and then later on in the year as he continued to win and gain cachet or notoriety, your family decided it was time to try to pursue him a little bit, right? Uh, we already had a steer bought for the state fair that was our intention to take to Dallas. That year, we 
spring of 81, we actually won Houston. So we kind of dug a little deeper and decided we need a little bit more heat to take to the state fair. Like I said, they'd already been up to the Iowa Beef Expo and saw the steer. And, and as the summer progressed, uh, we heard rumors. There was a steer that stood reserved to JR several times. I'm sure Kirk and Lance remember, a, I think it was a Baldy steer that Stacy Gropper had, was raised by Craig Shielders. We had heard that that calf might could be bought, so we, we'd made an effort to try to buy that calf actually in the beginning. Somewhere along the way, uh, a friend of ours from down here named Charles Burke had judged the Key, Iowa Key Show. After he judged, we uh, we called Charles and, and asked him his take and and he said, you buy JR or you don't buy anything. So that's what we set out to do. So the breeder of this steer is Wayne Lautner from Sherdan, Iowa. He, he is also my uncle. For those that don't know me personally or know my family, uh, my dad is Phil Lautner and his brother is Wayne. Wayne, how many cows approximately did you and Grandpa Walt Lautner have in 1980 whenever JR was born? Oh, we probably had around 40 head. You had told me earlier today just the genesis story of how it came to be in 1980 that JR was born something about you had gone to AI school and then what Grandpa Walt did during the breeding seasons leading up to that year. Could you give a little background on that? Dad, he'd always buy a bull and uh, breed the cows and we'd need the money at the end of the breeding season. He'd sell a bull and there'd always be a cow or two come into heat. So we'd have it AI, the cows AI, and we always had our best calf from the AI bulls. So thought all along it'd be nice to have front end of the herd having good calves and then finish up with a cleanup bull. And and never thought of it too much until I wrote a letter to uh, a course at Iowa State, and I wrote Midwest Breeders about my interest. And, well, they took it serious, and they came out and visited with me and got me to go to the school in uh, Shawano, Wisconsin. And we had the hands-on work at the uh, slaughterhouse in uh, Green Bay. Learned how, and so 73, I bred the first cows, and 74 had first crop. And it took till 80 till we got, you know, Jr. He's the one that put us on the map. I mean, nobody knew who we were, but that year uh, there were people from Indiana and, and Nebraska came and heard about the steer and the factor. So he's the one who got the ball rolling. That's awesome. I mean, uh, just bringing it back to the modern day with uh, anybody that's just getting started. Um, all of my life, you guys have been, you know, highly successful and doing a very good job as well as Kirk. And it just goes to show in 1978, 79, 1980, you describe it as being just another Joe Schmo off the street and uh, you had that magical steer that put your name on the national spotlight even before he started to win shows and I just think that pretty neat to think about uh, you grandpa Walt kicking a bull out to uh, cover cows and then having to sell it at the end of the year just to create some more revenue for the family and those cows that came back in the heat that didn't take to the cover bull uh, you started AIing them and you're like a light bulb went off in your head uh, these calves are pretty darn good that are born later. Let's do it the other way and start AI and then kick the bull out. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> and it worked out pretty good. Uh, you had a special story about one of the shows. I believe it was over there in eastern Iowa. Your wife, Vicki Lautner, had given birth to your first son, Chad. And then you proceeded on from Chad's birthday to uh, go on to watch JR win a show in eastern Iowa. Is that, is that correct? Yep. I I got quite a bit done that day. Uh <laughs> That was in Dysert, Iowa, and uh, I got Chad born time to go to the steer show, and uh, JR won that one, and it was a good win. So, Kurt, going back to you, um, 
people looking at these pictures in 1981 from the Iowa State Fair in the background, you can see a couple of steers in the background. And you just, as a student of the game, I'm just looking at JR, and he's a little bit leggy. And I mean, he's, he looks like he's sound, really good footed, and all that. Uh, can you just tell us about from the beginning of your fitting career until today? I mean, I guess we had talked previously, and you said that JR wasn't the greatest leg-haired bull in the world. Could you just go through your prep in 1981 on how you would have, what kind of clippers you were using, possibly use graphite, an early form of leg builder? Could you just go through some of the, the prep on the steer back then? I mean, of course, it was mainly sheep heads and a little bit of little clippers, of course, back then. And, and I mean, if you look at JR, of course, obviously, you know, um, yeah, he's pretty leggy. And I mean, of course, that was a trend then, you know, and it's like part of the timeline, the way I look at it. And that was a trend. And but I mean, at that time, he was he was exceptional for what the trend was when it came to like grooming him. He was pretty good haired. Uh, you know, I mean, in the in the winter time, I, I mean, he was pretty nice haired at the what I'd say the beef expo or the block and bridle show. And of course, he he got showed quite a bit. And of course, you know, obviously, they shed out in the spring and, and all this. The story that I remember more than anything is though, is um, I know when he came up to the World Sears show, we went to a show in Algona, and, and he got beat there. And it was it was right before the World Sears show, and we he didn't have enough, he didn't have quite a you know he didn't have as much leg hair as some of the other ones. And I knew I had to do something, so we actually I mean it's hard to believe this. He doesn't look heavy boned, but he, we actually twined him at the at the Iowa State Fair. And as far as uh, powder, you know we have powder in today's uh, form in aerosol cans, but um, you know, I was using uh, brick mortar and we were putting in baby bottles and, uh, you know, the adhesive I was using was, um, um, it was a Royal Purple Adhesive was a company that, you know, they had one product that was really good and that was this adhesive. And, um, you know, that was uh, the thing then. And, and like I said, so we used it. And I might have used a little bit of 3M at that point. The thing about that steer and Wayne and Lance and Ricky too, but, you know, that steer was not a stall steer at all. I mean, like, uh, people would kind of, like, count him out, but he was one that always came together when you put him together. And, I mean, he'd always get it done. And, and you know, there we had to put a tail head on him and we put some, twi- you know, twine in, in his legs, and, and it ended up working out uh, great. But I know there was a steer. Clem's had a steer. Of course, in the World Steer Show days, the Iowa State Fair World Steer Show was something to be, I mean, it was something to be reckoned with. It was like the show. It's almost like race cars, and then you got your open class, and anything goes race cars. You know what I mean? I'm just telling you, everybody looked forward to going to that World Steer Show at Des Moines at the Iowa State Fair, and there was no rules. Different states have come, Missouri and Illinois and Clems had a steer that year that had been winning a lot out east, and so it was kind of where that steer and you know Jr. were going to head off. You know what I mean? Kind of when the dust settled, um, yeah, Jr. won the World Steer Show and they ended up getting reserved. So I mean, it was just friendly competition between them stages. Everybody's going head to head, but I mean, you know, it's sure. kind of like today's. Everybody was in it for the same reasons, kind of a deal, you know. If you look at the the background of that uh, ring shot of Jr., you can tell that it's just as packed in 1981 as it ever is in the year 2022 yeah. or three at the Iowa State Fair. The pavilion's completely full. Uh, you had told me once while you were dressing that steer, you had a people surrounding you like it was a rock star right, concert, and everybody was pretty impressed was with, uh, you know, young Kirk Sturwalt throwing twine or leg hair on him and doing what you did to get him ready back then. A lot of people listening that would already know a lot about your, your upbringing, but uh, any influences that you had? You were, you were born and raised in Sheraton, Iowa. Um, backing up into before that, I, I mean, when 
we kind of picked the spot off in the corner, but we just wanted to get away from all the traffic. Mm-hmm. And then we, I know we had kind of got off over there in that open barn. That's my God, you looked up there, and then here was a whole slug of people, you know, watching because he, you know, he just drew that kind of crowd. But but yeah, I grew up in Sharon, Iowa. I grew up in town. You know, I'm not a farm kid. I wasn't a ranch kid. And my parents first. My granddad uh, raised cattle, and he's the one that kind of got me started in this. And and uh, he was older, and back then the grooming wasn't as you know by no means as complicated uh you know at that point and but we still groomed them and clipped them and and uh you know he was older and, but he was one that really emphasized like that i do it and i remember one time we went to the world steer show and we crawl i, I remember we'll forget this i crawled up on the on the seats there at the Iowa state fair and we're, we're, we're fixing to watch I mean, we just went up there to watch and he looked at me and said what are you doing here. I go, well, I'm going to watch a World Series show. And he goes, well, you ain't going to learn nothing in these seats. You get back there in that bar and you go walking around, you're, you're going to learn something. And so that's, I mean, I watched and looked. Yeah, Dwayne Hilbert uh, kind of took me under his wing. And, and uh, but, you know, the big thing is, is I just, whatever it took to clip the cast, I mean, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I couldn't get enough of it. 81 was pretty special to me because the JR was started up there at the Beef Expo. So I just come off a win at uh, Denver. I rode the train out to Denver and clipped uh, the Grand Steer at the National Western in 81. Like I said, I rode the train out there and then I kind of had that in my, in my cap a little bit to get me another job, so to speak. And then JR kind of kept me, you know, so it kind of just... Was that a Hilbert steer that wins Denver or who was that? No, it come from... Uh, Southern Iowa, actually, through Dom McLaughlin. But between those two steers, that was kind of really a jump start for me because, you know, we didn't have social media, obviously, but, you know, people would reach out to me through the phone, you know, it all word of mouth, and and yep. and that, that kind of just got me. I mean, I have never been nor will ever be a, a, a world-class fitter and groomer like Kurt Sturwalt, but just uh, I can envision people seeing you clip on the Denver Steer Grand Champion and then later the Iowa State Fair where there's a pile of people uh, watching you get one ready, and they go home to their rotary phone, and they call each other and they say, hey, this Kirk Sturwalt kid, this young 20-something-year-old kid is, Getting them locked yeah. in. You know, they're, they're just like, who was that guy? You know what I mean? Or who was that kid? You know. So I mean, I would just—I mean, I couldn't get enough of it. You know what I mean? I'm just telling you. But and all I wanted to do was get on a good one. You know what I mean? I, I'd done clip plenty of ones that weren't so good. You know what I mean? And and uh, coming up through the and I always wanted somebody to be like, man, you did a good job there. You know what I mean? That's all I really wanted. And out of the deal, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And like I said, uh, Phil and Wayne, both, while I was at Iowa State, I, I would go over there over the weekends a lot. I mean, uh, we, we had a lot of good, I got a lot of good memories. And uh, like I said, I knew Walt, you know, I've known the Lautner family all my, my life, and they're good people. And I mean, they come from a strong yeah. set of roots back. I mean, all the way back. I'm just telling you. It's a great memory for me. The uh, Vogel family goes grand, and the Clem family from Illinois goes reserve. Because I can't remember this, and I'm, I mean, I apologize, but I can't remember if y'all went home and came back, or did you just stay up here? I mean, I don't know if no, you remember that. No, I actually, I actually didn't make that trip. I was 12, and since there were open shows, the Nebraska was an open show as well. Yeah. Randy came up, and Randy showed the steer on that trip. And we had family in Iowa that they stayed with in between. Yeah, because I think that steer stayed up here until after the Nebraska State Fair and then then went home. Yeah, they stayed up there for 10 days or two weeks, a a pretty good while. Okay, I just got just a little bit to add uh, on the background of the steer, uh, just for those that haven't seen the social media post. He was uh, sired by Hidalgo, 
And out of a purebred Angus cow. And Hidalgo was the sire of Nero, and Nero was the sire of Sugar Ray. And I think most of the audience has probably heard of Sugar Ray. Uh, according to Lance, uh, that steer, he had his sights set on winning the Iowa State Fair with him. And by golly, he wasn't going to let you guys have him. How a steer that you sure you weren't going to sell ended up selling to uh, the Vogel family in uh, June of 1981. There were some dollar amounts that were thrown out. And, uh, and I kind of remember my dad asking me about it. And I said, no, I really want to show him at the state fair. And then I think the second offer came in. And, and uh, I got a... I- Add a little something to that, if I could, about the Garrison Cattle Company show in Fredericksburg, Texas. Uh, JR won a pretty good show down there. A guy by the name of Joe Lewis judged that show. He had a down-home sort of a sense of humor. So then we get ready to go home. We get on the plane, and Tara, uh, she's got a national livestock exhibitor. And there's a full-page picture of Joe Lewis on there. She kept looking at her... her uh, that picture and kept looking at the guy that was sitting next to me just happened to be joe lewis so i got to talking to him i mean i recognized him before she did but joe made the comment that uh after the show he likes to go back in the stalls and talk to the people and i mean it was just the love of his life and i said joe there's only one winner weren't you taking a little risk that somebody might shoot you joe said there ain't no better way to die I believe they came up with an agreement of it was either twenty or thirty thousand dollars is what we sold him for. We have different recollections, Lance. You probably deposited the check, and I probably never saw it. My recollection was fifteen, which I don't know what fifteen thousand dollars in nineteen eighty one what that works to now, but it'd be a damn high seller. I'm gonna guess one hundred and fifty thousand with inflation. <laughs> I, I don't know what it'd be. It'd be a lot, but. A couple of quick stories here, you know, and Kirk said that, you know, J.R. wasn't a stall steer, and, and he wasn't, but he was a game day steer. He he was the show steer. He knew it. He knew what he was. It, it's like that racehorse that, you know, that he knows what he is and when it's time to go. You know, as soon as you put him in the chute, started getting him ready, and then got in that ring, it, it was just a different animal, and he just had that presence and couldn't get around it. And I remember one of the stories my dad told me, <clears throat> several years back was when they got up to the World Steer Show uh, to do the stall check-in and, and all that, and they went into the office and checked in, there, there was some show official that was there and said, oh, y'all are the people from Texas that have that JR steer, right? And Dad said, well, yeah. And he said, well, here in a minute, I'm going to come back. i got to see this steer. And Dad said, well, that's fine, but, you know, what's the deal? And he said, we probably had a dozen phone calls wanting to know if Jr. was entered because if Jr. was here, we ain't coming. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good story right there. Uh, one of the things that worked so good on the Messerly family is they were really good home as far as caretaking and, and and you know I mean like all the daily stuff. And I was kind of the groomer guy, but. But the thing about it is, was like you couldn't ask for a better scenario because it went from one good home to another good home, or one great home to another great home. He had a great home early, and he had a great home late. That's like perfect, you know what I mean? So kind of framing the whole year, what you were coming into at Texas State Fair, which I believe is usually in early October. I don't know if it was the same back then. It was the Vogel family had just won Houston. I mean, that's a huge, huge show. In the it always has been, but uh, in the early '80s, I bet that just as big or bigger than the State Fair of Texas. So you're coming off that big win. Also, you told me earlier today that in 1983, you guys won Kansas City and Phoenix 
as well as that uh, spring of 81 winning Houston. And those were all Tyrone Hollinger bred steers. So shout out to Ty, who did a podcast with us last summer. Ty was kind of a good supplier of show California. So you guys are, yep. you know, you're just very competitive in a very competitive state. Going into Dallas, what was the, the feeling or the mood? Did you feel like you had him, or was the steer shown so much that he's starting to look a little bit road-weary, or what What did you think going into the show? No, no, no. You know, it, yeah, yeah, you never want to go thinking it's over with, but we kind of felt like it was over with. I mean, it, you just have that feeling. And, and I mentioned earlier that we had a, you know, we already had a state fair steer in the barn, but thought that we need to, you know, get a little bit more heat. So after we got JR, the, the steer that we had bought, we actually left in the barn and there was a local kid that was doing a little showing and we kind of just let him have that calf. And uh, so we took those two down there and they ended up being grand in reserve. So we didn't need JR, but he damn sure was fun to have. That was a pleasure double your fun. You swept him. No, like I say, you, you, never, you never go in thinking you got it won, but it, it was by that time, his reputation was there, and and uh, he was he was still, you know, maybe you know, like say uh, most state fairs are in August. We're sitting there the first of October, but he, he really was. I remember him coming into hair, and he, and he still looked good and fresh. And when Kirk got to Hereford to, to clip him, I remember him commenting he couldn't believe that you know this fat steer in Texas had that much hair at that time. But he was just coming on with it, you know, starting to put it on in the fall. You know, that steer, I'm I'm going to say, and that's right, Ricky, because I was, like, amazed how much hair had come on him. But I was also kind of amazed on how he had matured. You know what I mean? Like in in a month and a half there or two months, whatever it was there. And I'm just saying, but, and I think if I remember right, I mean, I think the rules of Dallas was only the family could, could get them ready. I mean. Um, I, I, I think, think it, yeah, I think that's right. Maybe a county resident or something like yeah, that. Yeah, county resident or uh, ag teacher, extension agent, or whatever. But I mean, um, I think there's some, which was fine because that's why we we did all that there at that Hereford. And and like I said, I, um, you know, at that point in my life, well, I mean, I, you know, Hereford's not that far from me right now. I mean. I never would have thought I was going to be in the South, you know, at that point. You know what I mean? I, I mean, when I came to Hereford, lo and behold, I ended up staying down in here. You know what I mean? So, anyway, but that steer was a lot of fun. And like, If uh, JR or JR's owners were to walk into a bar in Dallas or Fort Worth, Texas in 1981, and at that same bar was uh, Dallas Cowboys head football coach Tom Landry, who would most people want to get the autograph from first? The Dallas football, uh, Dallas Cowboys football coach, or the owners of J.R. the Steer. <laughs> most most people would want Tom Landry, but I'd rather have the other. One. Yep. I mean, where the name came from, I don't think. I mean, we haven't touched on that, but that came from the. I mean, speaking of Dallas, that's where the name came from. That when the Dallas show was super popular and J.R. Ewing, you know, I mean, he was a he was kind of a bad cat, you know what I mean? And so Dallas was like the Yellowstone is today. I mean, it's the show yeah. everybody watched and everybody knew. Yeah. And and that was that was part of the reason why my dad said we got to own him. You know, it, you know, no matter what he costs, if he wins a state fair in Dallas, name Jr. Surely, surely Jr. Ewing or Larry Hagman himself will walk in and buy him at the sale. But it didn't work out that good. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a good thought. So that is a good thought. I would like to touch on the fact that how did he win three state fairs? Explaining that to the modern day, they were open shows, correct? Yeah, yeah. The World Stair Show was an open show, and so was Nebraska. 
uh, open show. And then was the Texas State Fair a junior show? Junior show only, yes. I don't expect anybody to know the answer for sure, but was there ever a steer that had won multi-state fairs like that, whether it be through the open show and junior show? Not that I know of. The open show didn't last much longer than that. In fact, that may have been the last world steer show, Kirk. Do you remember? Yeah, I don't remember that. You know, what what some of the – and Illinois – had an open steer show, um, and I mean, I'm sure that people are going to chime in here on this. And I know Iowa had an open steer show in Nebraska and and uh, and the, I think Missouri, uh, but all these state fairs would do their junior show, and then like then they'd weigh them in the next day, two days after the junior show, then there'd be an open show. And I mean, that was pretty common. But I'm going to say this: the Iowa State Fair was kind of the one that uh, was the most prestigious, I think, amongst all them open shows, and then. You know, one might win an open show or a junior show, or they might trade hands, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden they'd show up over at an open show and, you know, wherever and under a different name. And, you know what I mean? It, it was, or a group would buy them. You know I mean? I'm just saying, you know, it was, that was just the way it was. It was going forward from that uh, standpoint of winning three state fairs and now the, the Lautner family, Walt Lautner and Lautner Farms. I've seen in that Iowa State Fair backdrop picture that Uncle Wayne had a, a Lautner Farms cap on, uh, they were kind of on the map in terms of national notoriety. Uh, the full sieve, they did some embryo, embryo transfer on uh, JR's mother. I mean, did that add value to the Lautner Farms herd back then, or do you know any uh, details about that? It just didn't seem like, I mean, it never did work out. I mean, we never, I mean, they never got another one, you know what I mean? I mean, that steer was just... Just bringing the podcast close to the conclusion Lance, could you uh, just give the audience the update on what the last 40 uh, years of your life has been like? A brief overview of what's going on in the in the Messerly house. I live here in Webster City. At early 2000s, uh, kind of helped uh, with the cattlemen's, and we started a spring show here with Daryl Hay and Jan Faint, and got that spearheaded and got it going. I've got three boys. Uh, I've got one stepson that's 31. I've got another boy that's 17 and another one that's that's 12 and uh i've been busy with them over the years two of them really didn't show any interest in cattle maybe my young one i still might have a shot at here maybe for a county fair sometime i bet you still got it with the feed bucket buddy (laughs) you know my kids are real active in sports as well and and uh they keep me going and then ricky vogel from hereford texas after jr uh came out of the ring there at dallas state fair so many years ago uh you guys obviously did go on to win Kansas City and and uh, uh, Phoenix there with uh, your Tyrone Hollinger steers a year or two later. Uh, could you yep. give us an overview on your family's path through the last 40 years? Sure, sure. So I was actually I was the youngest of the Vogels that showed, so I was kind of the end of the line there. We had some successes earlier from older brothers, but I was kind of the end of the line. And uh, those were some of the bigger hits that we had there, the Kansas City win and, and Phoenix and State Fair and stuff. Uh, had some more success, breed champions and stuff at Houston, uh, but never did get the big one there. Of course, Randy did in 81. I just never could quite get it done. Several times we thought we had the steer to do it, but it just didn't work that way. Um, went on, went to college, uh, uh, ended up going to work for Cargill. I'm a fat cattle buyer here in the Texas Panhandle. There's cattle everywhere down here, so uh, I see lots of cattle and lots of awful good show cattle. Uh, my story is a little similar to Lance in that once I got married and had kids, my kids didn't express that much interest in showing either and uh, kind of went more the sports route. 
And uh, with the, the the financial and time commitment it takes to show, I wasn't going to force it on them. If they weren't all in, I wasn't going to be. And we just kind of chose to get get behind their passions and try to get them to excel in you know in their field. And it, and it worked out pretty good. So uh, yeah, uh, even though I I can't quite kick the habit, I'm looking at you know the pulse all the time and and the websites and stuff, and always following what's when and the you know, followed the Fort Worth results today and uh, always kind of have that interest, but uh, don't have a big stake in it. Uh, there was a pretty large following of shares from the Panhandle of Texas. Could you just shout out to a couple of your family members? Because I'm sure they'll be listening to this podcast later on. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, first thing this morning, my nephew, Kevin Cooper, he chimed in. He sent me a picture. I know my sister, Linda, was in there and she had, she was sending it to my parents and my parents were kind of confused and didn't understand quite what was going on, but I had to explain to them, and, and I'll get to play the podcast for them. So, And several people I work with, uh, you know, and different friends have, have sent me pictures of it, uh, you know, screenshots of the of the podcast uh, promo. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. I'm sure glad uh, you let me participate in this. It's been fun reminiscing. Amazing, as big as this industry is across 48 continental United States and Canada and all that, uh it's actually a pretty small network of people in the grand scheme of things and and whenever there's a viral post like last night it it spreads like wildfire and uh it it's pretty cool to have to see all that camaraderie and and talk about the the glory days back in the eighties and stuff and so I appreciate you reaching out to me this morning at six thirty and uh we visited for a while and thought you might be awesome and you've done really well and I appreciate Lance coming on as well uh Kirk. I know that uh, a lot of people uh, in the modern day would know your current story or your past. Your, I just have this question for you. If uh, I would ask you, a 22-year-old Kirk Sturwalt, way back when, uh, that you would someday become an ambassador with uh, clipping blades named after you and show trailers with Cimarron named after you, uh, what do you think a young wet behind the ears Kurt Sturwalt would have said all them years ago? Well, I, I mean, I, I wasn't even, I wasn't thinking that big. You know what I mean? I was just thinking from day to day and cast, I mean, animal to animal or whatever. And I mean, trying, I mean, the passion, I'm just going to tell you was, was there. And I mean, I was blessed and fortunate that it, it took me through all that. And like I said, when I look at Jr., I mean, I appreciate him probably more now you know, because I know he was a big part of my journey. But back then, I didn't, you know, you just, you know, it was just that you're in the moment and just kind of knock it, you know, I mean, kind of just like everybody is, you know. So, I mean, the thing that I would say to anybody is like, you know, I hear I was a kid growing up in town and, and um, you know what, uh, my granddad had Hereford cattle and kept my show, my show animals out there at his place. And, and you know what, I mean, I didn't have a fancy barn and, and, and barely, I mean, you talk about the trailers, I mean, we just had a homemade trailer to haul cattle. I mean, you know, if you want something bad enough and, and you and you got enough try in you, I, I guarantee you something's going to happen for you. And I'm just, uh, you know, it ain't an easy road out there, but I mean, I never regret anything that I did, the good, the bad. I think anybody on here would say that, you know what I mean? And this industry is pretty awesome. You know, I know there's bigger ones, but, I, you know, this it, it is a an industry family that's so generational. It goes from generation to generation to generation. And even though this is a one that was a long time ago, I'm just telling you, it, it has generational effects. And, and like I said, my boy 
and, and you know, I mean, my family is is into the livestock world and and do and does love it, and you know, and and um, I couldn't be more happy. I'm a two two time grandpa now, and and you know what, I'm just uh, I'm very thankful, and we're in a good industry, I guarantee you. So thank you for letting us let me be on here because it's been a lot of fun catching up with Wayne and Lance and Ricky, and yeah, we'll have to do that. I'd, I'd like to catch up with you more. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it's been too long. So anyway, I enjoy the uh, conversation. I especially enjoy you uh, telling old Walt Lautner's story. He was one of a kind and a true gentleman. Uh, finish it up with you like this, Kurt. Uh, I don't know exactly 100% of y'all's show career, but I know in that 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8 time frame, uh, Ty Sturwalt was coming loaded for bear to most of them shows. Uh, which which of the majors did you win? Kansas City and Louisville? Did you get Denver done too? I mean, but he was the first one to win all three majors, Kansas City, Louisville, and and uh, Denver, probably one of the neater days for me was the year Kai won Denver. Kyra, my daughter, also won the Lamb Show. So that was, uh, was a Amazing. pretty neat couple hours at the National Western for us. And so every time I go there, you know, I, I, I mean, that old, that arena there, um, you know, I know they got new things coming there, but I, that arena, I mean, like I said in my comments at the Sears Show, you know, those walls and those green chairs and that dirt, probably have influenced more cattlemen over the years than we'd ever know. You know what I mean? And, you know, and our, our deal was, is, you know, we, we just tried to outwork everybody and try to, you know, do the yeah. best we could and we just happened to fall our way. And so uh, on certain occasions. Always looked up to you. You're an icon in the industry and there's hundreds, if not, well, there's more than that. There's thousands of people that have went through the, the Stirwalk grooming clinics through the years or yeah. uh, visited one of your yeah. uh, clinics in on in state or whatever as you travel around the country i do remember my only kurt sturwalt story brings a warm to my heart in 2006 or 7 uh kai sturwalt had a badass black steer jim judge jim williams from texas was judging louisville in 2007 uh little old yeah. matt lautner sold a heat wave who made who from uh yeah. my old papa phil lautner we sold him to this kid up from the up of michigan andrew jeroche anyways uh very tough class, toughest class of the day, five or six deep. Uh, the the Mr. Williams picked out your son's awesome steer, and as my steer was exiting the ring, I'm not trying to throw too much shade at Andrew Jarosh, but I can remember what he said like it was yesterday. He said, "This boy in second, he just out here. He looked like a deer in a headlight. I'm not sure he knows how good his calf is." But <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up getting reserved here, and I think. Yeah. I vaguely remember you saying, that's a nice tailhead. Who did that? And I was like, hey, I did that tailhead. Kirk Sturwalk gave yeah. me that compliment. Thank you. <laughs> I got, I don't mind. My God, when you see it and it's done right, my God, you, you compliment it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't care who you are. You do it. I mean, they can either make one or wreck one. So, But I appreciate your time, and uh, it's been really good. It's going to be an awesome podcast with a lot of good history in it. Hey, well, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Lance. Thank you, man. Thank you, Kirk. And thank, thank you, Wayne. You, we'll be in touch with you guys. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank All you. Right, thanks.